Glory to Jesus. Father, we honor you. We glorify you. We bless your name. We lift your name on high. Thank you, Father, for once again granting us utterance. Thank you for giving us perspective into the light of your prophetic speakings for this new day. We glorify you, Lord. We worship you. I thank you once again, Lord. I bring myself under the authority, under the influence of your word. I bring myself, Lord, to listen, to speak, yes, to proclaim and to declare your voice, your counsel, the expressions of your intentions once again. I thank you, O God, for what you will do, what you will say, and how you will align our hearts to the instructions of your spirit for this new day. We honor you. We glorify you. We ask you once again to lead us, bring us into the confluence of your prophetic demand. Thank you for the things that you are revealing. Thank you for the things that you are showing us, principles, precepts, values, standards that will allow us to stand, yes, unshakable, unmovable. We honor you. We praise your name. We thank you. Lord, once again, as you grant us insight into the concept, O oh God, of a Joseph's company in this new day, we pray that our hearts, O oh God, will align, that our mind will submit, that we will have clarity into the procl- proclamations and declaration of your voice. Your word said, where there is no vision, the people perish, the people cast off restraint. So we pray, Spirit of God, that you will envision us anew. You will give us capacity, insight, understanding of what you are saying and how you are speaking so that we can have clarity, clarity of intention, clarity, yes, of of direction, clarity of the processes of your demand for our day. I thank you and honor you once again that you are the one building this house. Lord, continue to build us, continue to speak to us in such a way, Lord, that we will have understanding we thank you we honor you we glorify your name for what your spirit yes is emphasizing once again we ask you to have your way hallelujah thank you father we praise your name i praise your name hallelujah in jesus name amen and amen once again friends welcome welcome well this is our uh, part two all right of uh, our broadcast today this morning we began to uh, uh, introduce ourselves to uh, uh, what we define as you know the company of joseph's principle in terms of the principle of occupying till Christ return. Remember, we've been looking at this from the beginning of the year. In fact, from the ending of last year, God began to speak to us. God gave us a direction to us in 2024. And the word is vision to occupy till Christ return. Alright, so we've been looking at this and we've been trying to understand all the various dynamics and um, principles, if you will, standards, values, frameworks, alright, they, 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 key scriptures that will allow us, you know, to understand how to live our life, how to function, how to walk, amen, and how to build the kind of spiritual value system that will allow us, amen, to, you know, Walk in the understanding of what has been tagged as, you know, occupying till Christ's return. So, uh, yesterday, uh, um, towards this early morning, the Lord, you know, just flashed, 
the life of Joseph, all right, into my spirit. And uh, it began to speak to me along the line of the kinds of things that Joseph went through, okay, in order to bring him to that place where he became the prime minister of a foreign nation. Now, when we say, oh, with God, all things are possible, that's easy to quote. But when they begin to take you through, amen, the principles, the process that will make that scripture a reality, oftentimes we'll say, no, 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 no. I don't want to go that way. That's not me. Lord, count on somebody else. Choose somebody else. All right. But the, the reality is, if God is going to walk his walk in our life, if we are going to see the fruition, the promises, amen, of what has been written in the word of God, then we also must trust God enough to take us through, amen, the, the processes. Remember, the principle and the process is of the Lord. The ministry is of the Lord. Our life belongs to God, amen. We don't have a say about this, you know, this thing about my life is my life. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's my life. I, I can, no, no. You're breathing this life for him. You're living this life for him. Everything that you are, amen, is a reflection of heaven's desire. Ought to be a reflection of heaven's purpose. You are but, you know, a clay in the hand of, of the potter. You are but just, amen, you know, an iron in the hand of the blacksmith. You, you understand? I think we need to begin to really drill these values, this belief system into our life so that when things happen to us, we don't begin to, you know, throw tantrum to God and say, no, 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 no. It, this thing cannot happen to me. Why must that? No, no, no. That person cannot talk to me that way. This thing cannot. I'm not going to agree. The reason why we have that perspective, amen, is, is because we have not really been severed. We have not been taken away. We have not been weaned, amen, from, you know, the ideologies of this world. Then the Bible says in the book of Romans that we be not conform to this world. Many of us are still conformed, amen, to the ways of this world. We live our life by the ideologies, amen, of some democratic, I hope, I hope you know that democracy, amen, was birthed, amen, in, 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 in Greek, amen. All of the ideas and the beauty and the whatever we think, amen, democracy has over to us, the freedom. There's no freedom in democracy because that thing was rooted, amen, yes, in, in idolatry. That thing was rooted, was butted, amen. All the Socrates and the, and the God knows, you know, philosophers of this world, amen, that people are still following till today. All the teachings that they are teaching people today, yes, Stoicism and all of these things that, you know, have become the foundation of our modern world, amen, are rooted in idolatry. There's no freedom in the world system. There's nothing the world can give to you free that in fact is designed to be free. If they, if they give you free, amen, it's because they want to entrap you in somewhere. And I don't think a lot of people have really come to accept that the word of God is the truth. Because sometimes, most of them, when you interact with people, when you listen to people, you will know that they are far from the kingdom. They are far from the kingdom because they still have this sense of entitlement. They still have this sense, this belief that, no, it's my right. Even when they are talking to God, they, when they are praying, you can see that the, their prayer is about themselves. 
is about you know what they can get is about you know what they want God to do for themselves you know the secret of true biblical spirituality is that we know how to lay down we know how to yield ourselves unto God and Isaac clearly showed us this was even before Jesus Christ came to die on the cross even though the Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus was already tracking obedience to the will of the Father. Even before amen, he came to this world. But Isaac, a mortal man, whom his father waited for 25 years before he was born, amen, understood. I mean, this guy could have been spoiled. The promised child, the one that, you know, the father loved. Yeah, the father laid wood on his head. Say, come, let's go to the, to the mountain of sacrifice. <laughs> Isaac was able to say, Father, we've got the wood, we've got the fire. Where is the lamb? Jehovah Jireh is coming. Have we, have you and I gotten to that point? Do we understand? Do we truly understand that God? Or we just, that God is just in the figment of our imagination, you know? You know, our, our so-called work with God is a make-believe, a make-believe, you know? The cycles up in the church, hallelujah, praise God. Jesus is Lord, hallelujah, praise God. But when, amen, the robber meets the rope, you know where to be found. If we are going to represent God in this end of days, we have to leave the shadow. We have to come into light. We have to ask God to shine his light upon us. Every area of our life that is still in, in the shadow, that is still covered by darkness, that is still influenced by, you know, your ways, my ways, you know, your preference, my preference. All of that will have to be laid down. When Isaac was laid down on that altar, everything that Isaac means and represents to Abraham, amen, was on the altar. Is that the Christianity you know? Or have you been painted a different, you know, gospel? That's the battle that we are faced with today. The battle in the church is the battle of one that, amen, you know, we, 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 we have bought a different gospel. So there are two gospels fighting. There's a clash of gospel. That's the truth. And so the life of men and women in the scripture reveals to us the pathways, the patterns, the blueprints that God wants you and I. You know, one day, if Jesus tarry, one day people are going to read you. Today we're reading Joseph, we're reading Esther, we're reading Deborah, we're reading Abigail, we're reading Mary, we're reading Ruth, we're reading, you know, David, we're, all these people, we're reading them. When they were going through those things, many of them were crying. Many of them were weeping. The Bible says, of, is, it, uh, uh, is it Abigail or Anna? She cried of, where is my son? They killed her son, Anna. I mean, we need to think outside the box. Nobody's preparing us. The kind of gospel we're hearing today is not preparing us for what is coming. Jesus was preparing his, his disciple for what was coming. But they didn't listen. They were just jolly and, you know, just enjoying the miracles and the blessings. You know, they enjoyed the limelight. 
You know, when the time came for Jesus to be arrested, they were all looking at themselves, what's going on here? But you are supposed to be God, you God, you God. I mean, you can't be arrested. Peter said, not so, you're not going to die. Jesus looked straight into Peter and rebuked the devil. Satan, get thee behind me. You have no concern regarding the things of God except the things of men. In the zeal, in the zeal of Peter, you're not going to die. Satan entered him and spoke through Peter's mouth. If everyone disowned you, I'm not going to disown you. Jesus said, you, before the cock crows three times, you will deny, you will disown me. So heaven is calling us to look into the structures of our life. They want to build capacity in us. They want to build things. Have you been to the theater before? Or have you been operated, you know, before in the, in, in the hospital? I mean, you're sick or something happened to you and they need to operate on you. Have you seen, I mean, maybe I've seen, you must have watched that on the, on the, on the telly, you know, movies. Have you, when you go to the theater, you'll be scared. You say, you mean, all of this is going to work on a human being. Yes, there's knife. There's something that looks like a screw. There are all kinds of things that, that you, sometimes you find, you know, you know uh, what they call it now, <laughs> a saw. No, they want to saw something out. You find all kinds of inner tear. And then they put you to sleep. Just to save your soul, just to save your life. Yes. And that's why when you go to hospital, oftentimes, they'll say, oh, sorry, you can't go beyond this point. Please stay outside. Because they know, they know that when you see the material that they're going to use in a prayer, you're going to collapse. You're just going to faint. You can't take it. Many of us cannot take it. That's why the Bible said the Lord led the children of Israel through the longer route so he would teach them how to fight. He was preparing them. He was prepping them for the main battle, for the mother of all battles. So these are people who, they were just builders. They don't know how to war. <laughs> you give them, you know, building, they will build for you. <laughs> they were building pyramids. But they said the day of building is over. It's a day of war. Now we have to teach you how to battle. We have to teach you how to fight. To such a level, the Bible says, in the days of King Saul, there was no one among his army that had, amen, the correct, you know, warring material. There was no spear, no bow or arrow. Only, only Jonathan and Saul had bow and arrow. And he's raising army. Where, what are, are they going to fight with their teeth? They will have to go to the land of the Philistines to go, you understand, and pay for sharpenings of their mottocks, of their forks and the knife. And when they come with a knife, they want to sharpen a knife, the Philistines charge them double. That was the kind of leadership we saw in the days of King Saul. So you will understand when we talk about God is raising a Davidic company. God is raising, amen, a, a, a company of Joshua. God is raising a company, amen, of Joseph. You need to understand the context of what we're talking about. These are not nice messages you listen to and say, wow, man of God, preacher. No, this thing are to, are to go into the very core structures of your existence. 
all right we are in the day of spiritual theater god is tearing they are walking there they are removing wrong belief wrong values some of them they are so hooked into our life that they will have to use all kinds of things to cut them off by the time you wake up you're uh, i don't have strength by the time you wake up you're uh, i can't get up i want no no they will walk on you so that when you are when you are here when you are restored aha then you have what it takes to engage that is what this ministry is all about it's not to pet you no it's not to uh, uh, make you feel you know we, we don't want to sweet coat this thing we don't want to lie to you we've been lied to for a long time friends i have you see you see i preach and i preach my life i i my life is bare. I have nothing to lose. That's the truth. It's for those who have something to lose that will be saying, in fact, some people will be saying, hey, man of God, don't say that. Don't. Hey, why can you say that on, on you know, social media? How can you? Do you have something to lose? Do you have something you're covering? I have nothing that I'm covering. Have you noticed that when you die, it is people that are going to wash you. They will see your nakedness. The things you've been covering for years. You know, they will see, they will see your nakedness. When you are sick, really sick, do you have time to dress yourself? Uh Those are the principles that we are referring to. And we need to understand these things. Okay, that in the things of God... The Bible says what, what is hidden will be made bare. They will open it out. At the end of the day, you will know that there is nothing hidden under the sun. If it's hidden, it's because of two things. Alright? They're giving you opportunity to repent, correct yourself, self-correct. Or, <laughs> they're telling you, if you don't change this thing, this thing, the devil is going to set you up and is going to destroy you. Before I continue preaching, we're going to go straight into this message for you know uh, this morning we're looking at the life of joseph we want to look at the life of joseph as a principle that speaks to us amen in terms of occupying till christ's return that's the you know arch message that's the main body amen of the message we are looking into how do we occupy till till christ's return do you know when christ is going to return maybe you know there were people who said, well, he was going to return some few years ago. Some said, you know, some centuries ago. <laughs> people have given all kinds of predictions, but, you know, they've been disappointed. I, I don't know. The Bible says no man knows. Not, he, not even him knows. Only he, the Father knows the time that he's going to send them back. But, but as long as Amen is not here, the Bible says we need to occupy that's a very powerful word. That's a governmental word. That is a word, amen. We need to really, we need to understand, occupy till Christ. Not just occupy for 10 years, occupy for 5 years. Not occupy for a few weeks. Not occupy for a few months. Occupy till. So whatever we're building must have, amen, listen to what I'm about to say, must have longevity. Longevity. Whatever you are building, whatever you are involved in, in, in whatever you is an initiative that you believe you've been called to carry, you got to believe God for what? Longevity. 
key, longevity. You've got to have the grace, amen, of Enoch. He walked with God 365 years on earth. That's capacity. That's capacity, friends. So we, we're dealing with, amen, the Joseph's company. We want, we want, I believe you and I want to be part of that company. A company of them that can occupy, that will remain occupied. Listen to this. We have just read it this morning. If your value system is not one designed to occupy, not only will you be occupied, there will be several more powerful demonic systems of this world that will occupy your life. So what am I saying? The issue is not about, I don't want to occupy. Just leave me on my own. Let me do what I, you know, I want to do. Don't push me into, into this thing about you know, kingdom, you know, offense. You've got to be on, on the offensive. You will be overcome. The principle is, in the, in, the, in the year kings go to war, David, who was a warrior, who always go to war, he never misses a war. But that particular year, he decided to stay back. Are you hearing me? I'm laying foundation. I'm very good in laying foundation. I'm still coming to the message. Bear with me. The Bible says, in the year that kings go to war, King David in that particular year decided to lay back maybe he's been fighting and we know in fact in fact the bible says david amen keep fighting if he fought to the point the bible says his hands were so full of blood god says david you can't build me a temple uh -uh, your hand is <laughs> too full of blood but he was fighting to keep his nation his family safe that's why the Bible says, in the days of King Solomon, there was peace in the land. It's not because Solomon was so powerful. It's because David already fought the enemies of Israel and killed them before Solomon, amen, took the throne. Wow, what a father. What a father. He's gone ahead. He was a foreigner for his son. But the Bible says in the year king goes to war, David stayed back and that cost him. So this, this battle, this life, this world we live in, listen to this, listen and listen well. If you don't take the war to the enemy's gates, they're bringing it to you. <laughs> if you don't know how to take the battle to the enemy's gate, the enemy is coming for you. Because the enemy will see you as a weak link. You are the weak link. Today in the body of Christ. Oh hallelujah. Listen. Today in the body of Christ. We have certain people. Certain individuals. Certain church. That have become weak link. For the enemy to penetrate our company. When the wolf want to attack the sheep. They say the wolf, the wolf look for the weak link, look for the, you know, the sheep that, you know, maybe is limping. Why do you think that when, amen, uh, 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 
the sheep, amen, is limping. The shepherd carries the sheep. I'm hanging, put, put, put the sheep on his neck. Because the, the, the shepherd knew that that one is a potential food for wolves. <laughs> you see, it's, this is the reason why when I was a pastor, I trained my people as warriors. I built the power and capacity to pray. You can ask them. I mean, some of them are watching me. We turn the church from just, you know, a nice, a nice, you know, uh, normal church. We turn our church to an apostolic governmental center. We were not many. We were few, but we were dangerous. I armed them to the truth. I literally trained people, men and women, to know how to stand their ground. No, you never give in to the devil. I don't need to be in church for them to do what they need to do. That's how we train them. At a point, I've shared this, at a point, the name of our church was called the Militant Church. Imagine bearing the Militant Church of God today. <laughs> all the DSS, all the CRAs of this world, you understand? They will, they will be sending angels to come and see. Maybe this one, they, they are planning coup. No. That name reflected what we were doing at that period in time. We were building a powerful intercessory governmental assembly. We were taking the nations from where we are, amen, in that little place where we were taking the nations, we were praying, praying into Mongolia, we were praying into China, we were praying into South Africa, we were praying into America, into Canada, into, I mean, we were entering realms. That's the, listen, a pastor is not just a shepherd. That's why till today, many of, many of them still call me pastor, but they know that I'm beyond just a pastor. I was their commander-in-chief. And we need such... If, you, if I'm going to build anything today called Assembly Church, it's the same part I'm going to use. Because to survive this new day, you have to do beyond the average, you see out there. If you're going to survive. If you don't want to be occupied. If you don't want to be a mincemeat. If you don't want, amen, the wolf... Amen. To, to, to enjoy your sheep, you have to train them to become lions. We train, we train amen, our sheep to become lions. We tra I train them to know how to roar. I show them all the four face of God. <laughs> Somebody listening. So, the last time I told us, we're looking at this concept of vision, and I'm going to look at it again. Let me just quickly open to it. Let's see. Well, I was talking about vision. Not this one. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Where is that scripture? Yes. I was looking at Genesis 3 and I'm going to quickly link because everything that Joseph represents is linked to, connected to the quality of his vision. So people that are going to occupy in this end time and not be occupied or 
be preoccupied by something. Can you see that? Is either you are occupying for God or you are occupied by the enemy or you are preoccupied by something else to distract you. Did you see? Did you see the, 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 that, 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 that phrase? Okay? Is either you are occupying for God or you've been occupied by the devil or you are, if the devil can't occupy you, he preoccupies you by building pyramids. Alright? In Egypt, he enslaves you. There are powerful people who want to serve God, but they can't do that. You know why? Because they've been preoccupied by Egypt. <laughs> that's, a, that's another message on his own. The reason why amen, there are few laborers today, few, few passionate laborers for God, is because most of our laborers are preoccupied by, you know, 8 to 5. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, amen, don't do 8 to 5. But if the purpose of your 8 to 5 is just to survive, you will never develop the capacity and vision, amen, to move from, you know, a, a, you know defensive to an offensive, you know, mindset in the marketplace. You will never. Because you're already crippled by fear. Fear is one of the most powerful principles that Babylon, that the marketplace uses to keep the people of God bound. Did you see? When the Lord, you know, sent the message to Pharaoh, let my people go. What did he do? He increased the labor. He increased the labor. So you find Christians all right, who are weeping and crying and complaining, forever complaining about their workplace. Ever, they are ever complaining. So, the enemy is, is really sitting on their, on their head and doing overtime because they are not useful to God and to the things of God. They are working because of money. They are working, in fact, they are working for money. Money has become their God. So, if you tell them tomorrow, okay, since you are complaining, why don't you leave that job and do what you believe God wants you to do? Uh-uh. So, how am I going to survive? How am I going to pay for that house? How am I going to pay for that? This? How am I going to? You see, because you, you, you want to live in a particular kind of a life. You know, you, you want to live in a particular kind of persona. You, you have developed, amen. Yes, you know, lost a lustful nature. You know, your soul is the one leading and guiding you. So even when God says, leave this thing for a while, okay, get rid of that car. Move out, move out from that, you know, four bedroom. Go and look for, you know, you know, one bedroom apartment or two bedroom for now. At least until you, you, you can stand your ground. No, 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 no. They want to live large. But they still want to serve God. It's not going to work. There is sacrifice to the things of God. What am I talking about? I'm leading you to a place called vision. Because it is vision that we saw first. You cannot have a dream without a vision. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Joseph was not just a dreamer. He was a visionaire. Talking about vision, let's lay this foundation first. But wait a minute. Can you see that scripture scrolling down the screen? Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision. Remember, some time back we were engaging this scripture. 
Alright? And we were trying to shift away from the normal understanding, the general interpretation of what the church defines as vision. Alright? We're moving away from that. God was dealing with us not too long ago. We're talking about that, where there is no vision. That this, play, this thing is not just about where there is no something to do. Because when we talk about vision in the body of Christ, we always immediately connect it to purpose. Meaning that we have, we have to be doing something. That is not what that scripture is saying. That is not what that scripture is saying. Vision here, amen, is an identity that is connected to the heavenly value system. Vision is the ability to see the heavenly pattern. (laughs) Vision is to live your life in congruence, amen, to the image of Christ. Vision is, is to see something, amen, that God wants you to be on earth. Vision is to be able to see into the heavenly life. Vision basically means that your eyes has been opened. Are you with me? When your eyes is open, you will be running around looking for an occupation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When your eyes is open, you won't be trying to fit in so that you, uh, let them see that I'm doing something so that or I, I too can at least have a voice. I, I too can, you know, you know, blend in. Many, many of the things we call vision is a manifestation of insecurity. Let me do something so that I will not, I will not be rejected. Vision will show you God's divine intention for your life which is more than just an assignment God's divine intention for your life is you see assignment is what gives people uh, people relevance (laughs) when you ask men of God ah men of God man of God how you doing say I'm busy so that word I'm busy you know, is to tell you that, all right, is occupied. <laughs> I've never asked a man of God, how are you doing? He said, ah, man of God, ah, we're busy. They will never tell you, no, I- I'm resting. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just fine. No, I'm busy. We're busy for the Lord. <laughs> when you hear people speak like that, it tells you that they are insecure. They are, they are wearing fig leaf. Take that thing they're doing from them. That's if they're doing something. Take that thing from them. You've killed them. They have no sense of purpose again. They have no sense of... That's why you find people... Even when God says, wait, rest, stay here for a while. Ah, uh-uh, they cannot. Because to them, that is a signal of failure. That you're not doing anything. You're just resting. You're just waiting. Huh? How can that be part of God's intention for my life? No. Because you are still thinking from the pattern of the fallen Adamic nature. That is what you call the law. That is, amen, the manifestation, amen, of the pharisaical lifestyle. You've got to be doing, that's why we've got to have meeting. Our Sunday must be occupied. We must be having service. We have to have this program, that program. You see our men of God, they will load their, their members with program. Because they are afraid that when you leave them, they will run to another person's ministry or church. 
<laughs> that is Babylon lifestyle. That is the ministry of the harlot. That's a that's an enslavery mindset. You even read the scripture. The Bible says in the seventh day God rested. And he who has entered into Christ has entered into the rest of God. There is a walk that we walk that we are not allowed to sweat. I'm just trying to explain vision. Because if you don't understand vision, the devil will push you before your time. The devil will push you into all, all kinds of you know, things you call ministry. And by the time you know it, you are captured. Because you're blind. Your eyes, your eyes has not been opened. You can't see. So where there is no vision, excuse me, do you have a vision? Can you see vision? Speak directly to a man once whose eyes are open. That's how they de define, you know, a Balak. I say Balam, Balam. That's how they say um, one whose eyes is open. It said that the eyes of your understanding may be open, may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. That knowing is very important. It's not just you being able to carry something. Oh, what are you doing? Are we busy? Are we? No, 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 no. Look at this thing. Samson lost his vision. When he prayed again for his hair to grow and he regained his sight, the, the house collapsed on Samson. What a way to die. He didn't have enough vision. By the time they restored his vision, his identity was not restored. They restored his power. They restored his energy. But his true vision was not restored. Because he said, let me die with these people. How would you, how, why would you want to die with your enemy? Why? Why? You know what killed him? Guilt. You know what killed him? Insecurity. That's a reflection of many ministry. When God wants to kill something that you've built and he says now I'm restoring you back to go and function in that thing then you, you, you come with you know a zeal that, 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 that is wrapped amen, in, in low self esteem you say I want to die I'm zealous for the Lord is that not what the same thing Elijah said I'm zealous for the Lord yet he wants to go and die he wants to commit suicide I'm zealous for the Lord I refused that I was entering that realm the Lord delivered me it's not your time to die. I will deliver you from this. I will bring you out. Because I still have nations for you to reach. It's a, it's a terrible place to be. Particularly when the enemy start attacking the core. The core root of your mission. Of your ministry. I'm speaking to somebody. As I'm speaking to myself. You will seek for death. I mean, who is more powerful than Elijah in his day? But that thing to kill him came from within him. When you no longer see the way God will have you see, when you are no longer seeing the way God will have you see, the enemy will entrap you. He will use that thing, that thing that has been blown. He will say, go and kill yourself. 
So at a point in my life, I was desiring death. I said, Lord, take me. I want to die. I didn't, I, it's not like I really mean it, but my circumstance, the things around me are so overwhelmed me. You say, you man of God, you, you, Isaac, yes. That's why I knew it was in spirit. So I could relate to men in the scripture. I could relate with them. I could relate with what they went through. You see, if you don't know what people go through, it's easy to come out and start condemning and start, you just speak things you don't know. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, people cast off restraints. They, cast, they, they used to have restraint, but they threw it away. I'm saying all this thing to bring you, amen, to the context of what we are talking about today. All right? Yes. All right? I think I've passed this scripture. I'm not going to go back to the scripture. Let's go to Psalm 105. That's what we want to look into this morning. Psalm 105. He called down famine on the land and cut off all their supply of food. <laughs> Who did this? It's God. <laughs> oh, Did you see this? Down, hey, my dear sister Naomi, you where have you been? Hey, I must call you after this message. Huh? Where have you been all this while? I've been thinking about you. All right, bless you. Thank you for joining. He called down, listen, God called down farming. You must see the principle of God. Remember, when here, when we look at scripture, we are extracting principles, right. Things will last and outlast men. Two things that will last and outlast men. I heard this from, you know, Stephen Covey. Beautiful man when, he's, when he talks about leadership. Two things that will outlast any person. One, a man is principle, principle. The second one is character. If you're a man of principle and you're, you're a woman of character, you have these two things. No matter what is happening around you, they can't destroy you. You will outlast them. So what we are trying to amen, extract in the Bible, Jesus Christ came to show us a pathway. A pathway. So when you're reading scripture and you, are, you can't find principle, you need to go to the house of you know, the prophet so they can open your eyes to see. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. So we're extracting scripture. We're ex extracting principle here. Are you still with me? He called down farming on the land, on the land, and cut off all their supply of food. Ooh. Now verse 17. He sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet, verse 18. They bruised his feet with, with they bruised his feet with shackles and placed his neck in iron. He was yoked. Have you seen a yoke uh, animal before? Have you seen a yoke cow, a yoke uh, a donkey, or uh, uh, what was the word now? Uh, yes, a yoke, you know, horse on a field, on a farming field. I was explaining this to one of our sisters not too long ago. 
when Jesus says, learn of me, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. In fact, while I was speaking, I had to start recording the things I was saying because God was just bringing forth some death that I never, I never saw it before in, in, in that scripture. Now, they yoke you to, to maintain and to retain the will of God. Yoking is a way of redemption and salvation. But naturally, when you look at yoke, it's painful. The reason why they yoke the animal, amen, on on you know on on the on the farmland is for the is for is for that cattle or whatever it is to maintain a straight a straight you know you know path in where they're gonna where they're gonna plant so that amen, you know uh, uh, um, the, the the path of of planting is not crooked. So the yoke is to keep. If the animal, if the donkey or the cow decides, let me let me look left or look right, then you feel the pain of the yoke immediately. They don't need to, you know, beat the donkey. No, the pain that he feels will naturally realign him back to the pathway. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, "Learn of me." my yoke is easy have you ever seen an easy yoke before have you ever have you ever carried a burden that is light that's an oxymoron how do you carry a burden that is light it's a burden but it's light are we playing with words here my burdens are light it's a, if it's a burden that means it weighs down but they say it's light <laughs> well go and ask the Lord <laughs> He said, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. So you see here, Joseph was yoke in iron. I mean, I can write a whole book on this. Because what they are showing us here is not just some sentence you read and move on. No, you've got to break it down. You've got to break every statement down. First of all, God called for a famine. Hey, God. That's why I say, if you don't understand the ways of God, you will live your life confused as a Christian. You will be a confused, a confused Christian. A disorientated Christian and that's where many of us are. I used to be there I used to be very confused about the things of God until they began to give me understanding <coughs> excuse me look at how the scripture began thank God that they documented all this principle for us or else somebody, some, some of us now I'm telling you we would have gone and joined God knows what. I mean, why? Can't I also, you know, just be like every other person and just be enjoying what everybody... Why? Why must my own case be different? Thank God these things were written down. Thank God we have reference. Did you see? God called down a famine. On the land can God call down a famine over South Africa? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Can He call down a famine over America? Oh, yes, yeah. you've got to understand. He called down a famine over the land, 
as if you didn't get that as if that is not clear as if you you, you, are, you don't understand what he's saying then they make you understand it better he cut off their supply of food he cut it off no food is coming in the crops are not growing <laughs> he did all of that and then the bible says he sent a man before them so by now you will understand that this this cannot be a two days you know uh, 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 activity this cannot be a three days activity because he called down a famine he cut down their supply and suddenly he sent a man Whoa, what kind of what, what are you saying god <laughs> what? this cannot be something that happened under three three months it cannot be something that even happened under you know one year because he has cut down their food Amen. He's cut down their supply. And then the scripture is he sent a man ahead of them. Joseph sold as a slave. Remember, this same Joseph was the same Joseph, amen, whose father made him a coat of many colors. Please, 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 ladies and gentlemen, listen, watch me. I want you to see my face when I say this. Joseph came from a very wealthy home. The father of Joseph was not one of those beggars on the road. <laughs> Joseph did not come from a place where, you know, you have to pray in tongues for five hours in order for you to eat. No. Joseph came from a wealthy home. Jacob was wealthy, wealthy. His brothers were powerful people. Joseph, you can say, came from a royal family. Joseph came from the lineage, amen, of them of, of of a prophetic word that will become the foundation of a nation called Israel. So imagine that Joseph and his brothers have been prepped, they've been prepped to become royal. Jacob has been training them that one one day you guys are gonna be powerful, so begin to you know look like royal people. <laughs> God has promised Israel. So <laughs> I'm just because most time we don't pick these things. I'm just trying to give you some background understanding that Joseph was never used to what it means to be yoked. Joseph was used to having slaves work for him. Maybe that's you. <laughs> You were raised with a golden spoon, silver spoon, in a palace, in a nice house. When you wake up in the morning, the housemaid is there to open the curtain for you. You know, you just get up, all right, as you as you hitting the ground. Here's your coffee. Here's your tea. Everything is well prepared for you. How was Joseph? To make matter worse. <laughs> Joseph's father is crazy. To make to make matter worse. He made him a coat of many colors. Help me father. Jacob was so proud of Joseph. It's like he wanted to slap his brothers. Because of who Joseph is. The, the kind of person very educated 
I mean, Joseph had a dream. He said, Daddy, Mommy, I had a dream. <laughs> you guys were actually bowing to me. The guy was born in royalty. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I should, I should, I could make a, I could make a conference of this. Joseph was born. I mean, he said, you guys were bow. When, when he, when he told his dreams to his father, the father said, are you saying that me and your mother are going to bow to you? <laughs> I didn't say so. I just had a dream. <laughs> To make matter worse, he said, I didn't have another dream. <laughs> oh, my brothers were also bowing to me. What kind of a son are you? The father made him a coat of many colors. But his father was very prophetic. His father could see the future. But he didn't know. He didn't know how that future would pan out. It made him a coat. Do you know what that means? If you, if you, please do me a favor. Go and make a study. A traditional Jewish, you know, study on how the concept of the coat of many colors come to be. I'm not even going to go to the prophetic dimension and all of that, you know. But you go make your own findings. Your eyes will be open. You will see. But each of those colors represents a nature, a character that Joseph must perfect. But also, in fact, that code is a code. Halalalo. <laughs> You know, when I laugh like that, you know that something is hit, something hit my heart. That coat is a code. That coat that the father made, I'm sure he himself didn't fully understand what he was doing. He thought he was just expressing something, you know, to prove the, the value and the worth of his son. That when Joseph wear that coat and walk on the street, everybody can identify who Joseph is. The guy with the coat of many colors. It's like guys today who go to school with Lamborghini. <laughs> they go to school with Lamborghini, with Ferrari. When they come out, they're going to school, but when they come out, everybody look at them. Something tells you don't mess with him. Don't mess with him. Don't you know his father? <laughs> so when they're describing Joseph, they don't describe him amen, by name. They describe him by his appearance. That was Joseph. In case you don't know. Alas, Joseph is the picture of your life and my life. Mm -hmm. Joseph mirrors to us, not just Christ, but the church, the body of Christ. You and I. is symbolic, he's a forerunner. 
The father was displaying his glory. Joseph was the expression, the, exp- the, the express image of his father. When you see Joseph, you see Jacob. <laughs> oh, shalababa yalamuha. But Joseph cannot come into destiny except he is trained. Galatians 4. As long as the hair, the royal hair is still under tutors, is no better than did you say a slave? Oh yes. <laughs> I thought you said something else. Is no better than a slave. Uh, the royal the prince the princess you know when I came to South Africa I began to see a lot of women they wear a crown in the church I'm a princess I'm like oh that's nice but you do know what it takes to be a princess <laughs> it's not going to be enough for you to have a crown on your, on your head on Sunday and say I'm a princess I'm a prince if you identify with the world ideology of prince and princess you will have to trust somebody somebody will have to make you you have to have a blesser you have to have somebody you know servicing you pushing you but if God is going to make you a prince ah, they will sell you into slavery Because in the order of the royal throne, you don't take it. You can't take it by force. You have to mature into it. You see David? David was a king. Remember I told you yesterday, his father did not, he was not even qualified as a king before his own household and his father. David was anointed 14 years proud to his position of taking the throne. 14 years, can you imagine? A prince running. A king, amen, who is in the cave running, ducking, you know, javelin here and there. He's a king. That was David for you. So, in case you didn't get it in Joseph, David is one. What about Esther? Heaven has already ordained her a queen, but they sold her into slavery. <laughs> What about Daniel? Daniel was born from a royal home. Daniel as his brother, they were the best that Israel had. Did you hear me? They were the best of Israel. They came from royalty. That's why the king took them for himself. They could read, you know, language of other nations which was rare in their day that's why they were so dignified that they said when they got to the palace of Nebuchadnezzar they said to his, his chief cook and cook, we can't we can't eat this food we know who we are huh you're a slave no 
you, you, my hand could be chained, but on the inside, I'm royal. I'm not a slave. Zayadaba <laughs> Huyanda. Those guys were rooted in their identity, in their genealogy. Circumstance could not change them. Circumstance could not change them. They knew who they are. They knew what they represent. Event does not change them. You see, if you claim you know who you are or what you are and I can put you through pressure, put you through certain things and that thing changes who you are, it means you never know who you are. I've given you, I've already done one hour. We, we have not even begun to touch this thing. It's fine. We'll stop where we need to stop. God called a famine. He cut the food and their supply. He sent a man before them. And then I just, I've used that time to explain who this man was. This Joseph of a man. Joseph sold as a slave. When, when a prince, a king is sold as a slave, that is, that is something. Even you know back in the days when a king is caught, when they go to war and a king is caught, it is natural, it is normal that that king is accorded his royalty except they kill him on the war, on the war front. If they don't kill him, Oftentimes, the king that captures the another king will give him a sense of dignity. And we saw that in scripture. The Bible says, Joseph was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. You know, shackles. You remember the days of slave trade? When you used to, how many of you watch those movies? Root. Eh? Are, you, are, are, you, are you mature enough to remember Root? The Root movie about slavery. I used to watch that thing back in the day. I was young and I used to cry. I couldn't understand. It's like that movie brought scripture alive. Joseph sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles and placed his, placed his, placed, amen, his neck in irons. Verse 19. I didn't just want to ju quickly jump to verse 19. The Bible says, until his prediction. Prediction. What, was, what is the prediction? Prophetic word. Until the prophetic word spoken over his life, until his prediction came true, and the word of the Lord proved him right. The king sent and released him. The rulers of the people set him free. He made him master. That's they're talking about Pharaoh now. 
he made him master of his household rule over all his substance instruct his prince as it pleases we will have to break down this scripture I made a statement somewhere in fact let me see if I can find it yes it was a prayer when I was going through this this morning it's a prayer but also it's a message I said Lord may I possess the wisdom the focus and resilience of Joseph despite adversity he remains steadfast in his vision and God given ability as a dream interpreter despite being thrown into the pit he did not let the temptations and the lies of Potiphar's wife embittered his spirit or cloud his dream even in captivity his gift skill and prophetic abilities remain pure and untainted he functioned within the capacity of those gifts with maximum capacity wow are you seeing something there did you pick something because it's important you pick what we're saying the things that Joseph went through the things that God put Joseph through did not tamper with the vision of God for Joseph. The hardship, the pain, the lack, the need, the rejection, the slavery did not, amen, affect Joseph to the point whereby he became possessed by the influence of the enemy or became a man possessed by the lies of the enemy he refused even in 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 slavery to be enslaved or to allow his spirit his soul to be enslaved by something contrary to god's intention for his life I'm not sure outside of Jesus if there is anyone who had that kind of capacity to go through hell that Joseph went through. You never find in the scripture where Joseph cursed, where Joseph, you know, spoke, where Joseph became embittered, where Joseph, amen, spoke hail, where Joseph, amen, became something. No, not. Maybe when you see, you can show me. Job went through what Joseph went through also. And we saw that at, in Job's case, he was shaken to the level that he became disorientated. Not Joseph. Joseph was not disorientated. That's why Joseph is a type of Christ. Do you know the word Joseph, in fact, is symbolic of Jesus? He possessed a wisdom a focus and a resilient that cannot be compared to anyone except for the Lord. 
despite I mean listen friends the point that I'm making here is this is a guy that was born in royalty this is a guy who had a vision had a dream who knew one day he's going to be a prince and 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 that dream that you know vision almost like the things happening around him shattered it his own brother his own family captured him throw him in a pit in a dry well for him to rot there and then they realized that this is not going to do it he may find his way out somebody might hear and, and bail him out let's sell him so they sold him to the Midianites this one took him to Egypt and Pharaoh uh, you know Potiphar bought him and you would have thought oh that's good enough here is Potiphar's wife chasing this slave boy just want to sleep with him but you see something about the value of Joseph he refused I mean he could have he could have given in to Potiphar and I'm sure it will still be okay because he's a slave slaves don't have right maybe you don't understand the gravity of what Joseph did by saying no to Potiphar's wife slaves don't have a right in fact when a slave amen have children those children belongs to the master Joseph was sold Joseph was sought to be compromised you will notice something when you read about Joseph when you read the story in uh, uh, from Genesis you know 39 thereabout you begin to read the Bible keeps saying something about Joseph there is one word that was consistent amen to the life of Joseph and that was the presence of God Joseph was amen the very house that kept the presence of God Joseph amen knew how to keep the presence of God in other words Joseph had close intimacy with God now when you read scripture amen you wouldn't know that Joseph had this ability because all you see is that this guy is royal this in fact you would think this guy is a spoiled boy no 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 so it's not everyone that comes from a home, rich home that are spoiled it's not everyone born in royalty amen that you know I just just live their life anyhow that's at a point I'm trying to bring out Joseph understood the ways of God because Israel, his father, has taught them, amen, the ways of God. So when he was sold into slavery, he was willing. And that was why when his brothers finally met him and they just knew that they are in for it, uh-oh, uh-oh, we, we're done. Joseph said, no. You meant it to be evil. But it was God all the way. Using you to, to, to send me ahead. To, to, to prepare a path. I, 
And that is the reason why I read that scripture before you forget. No, it was God, amen, who, who sent Joseph ahead. He called down a family on the land and cut off all their supply, the supply of the entire land of the nation of Israel. He sent a man before them, Joseph, sold. Nobody wants this kind of a path to glory. Nobody wants this kind of a path to a successful ministry. While everybody is going up, you are going down. <laughs> Have you noticed that that is the root of Joseph? He saw himself in a lofty realm, but the root that took him there was down. The root that took him to that height was going under. While he was going under, he was taking roots. Many of us want to build something lofty, high and mighty. We want to build the mountain of the house of the Lord, but we don't have a root down. They took Joseph down, 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 down and down. When they threw him into the pit, it was symbolic, amen, of where God was leading him into. I want to take you down so that your root can, you can find and connect to the water of life. Halalaboshiamba. You want to change a generation? You have to learn to go down. They will bring you down. When they bring you down and you are buried, nobody will notice you. Nobody knows you. And you would have thought, at least now I'm down. That's it. No, no. They will sell you into slavery. And not just any kind of people selling you. It's your own people, your own family, the people you love, the people you think have your back, protect you. It was not the enemy of Joseph that sold him. It was his own brother. His own family. Friends, I'm not preaching to you. I'm telling you reality. What is going to happen to you. So that when these things start happening, you don't start developing amnesia. You don't start, you know, you know, praying all those fire brigade prayer. You don't start cursing all your enemy to die. The people you call your enemy are your destiny builders. That's why we need to have perspective. If you don't have perspective, you will live your life in bitterness. If you don't have perspective, you will live your, your life hating people. You think people are your problem. If not for that person, I would have, <laughs> when I was going through, you know, the challenge, I said, how could I have wasted 13 years of my life doing nothing? I wasn't doing nothing. They were building roots in me. God, how could you have allowed this? But you want to be a voice. You want to be a, a prophetic instrument? Uh-oh. But this is not how things are done. Oh, well. How, so how are things done? Do you have a different pathway of how things are done? 
have a different pathway to how things are done. Do you know better than me? Who sold Jesus? Was he not one of his own disciples? Even when he was still saying, friend, friend, Judas, friend, would you betray your friend? Judas did not wake up and say, what have I done? He continued. The plan of the enemy is to shift our focus so that we continue to blame people for our predicament, for, for our, you know, situation or condition. Not knowing that God uses the same people and situation and condition to prep you, to prepare you, to lay a solid character value system that they can build the edifice of God upon. Many of you have been praying, God use me, use me. God said, I'm going to use you. But first, let me train you. Let me prepare you. So we have to take you through this route. We will sell you into slavery. But friends, don't forget the point that I'm making here. The point that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out today is the fact that in all that Joseph went through, we don't know for how many years. Some people have said for 14 years. Let's assume 14 years. In all of that period in time, Joseph never lost his ability. Now listen to this. Many of us know Joseph as a dreamer. But we hardly speak of Joseph as a vision interpreter, as a dream interpreter. Joseph was not just a dreamer. Joseph was not just one who had a vision of what you know uh, 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 his life is going to be, of how to amen, become a prince in Egypt. No. Joseph also had the ability to interpret the dreams of others. And listen to what I'm about to say now. Before Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, he first interpreted the dreams of prisoners. We're talking about principle of how to occupy till Christ's return. When you learn to use your gift to assist and to help people that cannot pay you back, then you're getting ready. Maybe you didn't get what, I, what I've said. When you start to learn to use your gift, in a day where our gift is for sale, the highest bidder are the people that get the highest prophetic word. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Huh? Man of God. Is the guy in the church who have good jobs, who have good salary. Those are the ones the man of God get close to. Those are the ones that, you know, go home with the man of God. Eat together with the man of God. But that prisoner-looking kind of a guy, uh -uh. Hey, what are you doing here? Please, please, please. The man of God is busy. I'm busy, busy. No, no, no. I can't talk to you. No, no, no. Not you. I have come to the point in my life 
not to despise people. I don't despise people. As I will relate with the person high up there, it's the same way I relate to somebody that have, have nothing. That's me. I learned that. And I build that into my system. I see God's potential in every human being. I don't see color. I'm not a racist. I don't look at, oh, uh, the white did this, the black. No, no, I don't. I relate to people via their character, via their principles and values. Are you getting this? I'm not, I'm not insecure. I'm not saying that I'm totally rid of insecurity. Every one of us, at some, we have a little bit of this one and that. That's why God is still working on us. But to my knowledge, no, no. And that's why I have no respect of man. If you're doing something that is not in alignment with the will of God, and you think you can bless me and bribe me to, to overlook that, sorry, it's not going to happen. I will call it to action. I will call call that thing to your room. Let this thing. I don't care who you are, where you where you are from. You see, we measure our position from Amen. Our connection with God, not from our material things. You know, somebody can bless me today, and everything about my life in terms of material things can just change like that. Does that change who I am? Does that change my level of maturity? No, it doesn't. You see, that's why God is not quick to bless some of us, some people. Because what will maintain, keep the character value of what you have, you've not developed it. So when they give you money or they give you resources or they connect you with people, you are going to blow it. You will blow it because you have not developed the character, the value system. I was speaking to somebody. I said, you know, there are certain people that if they don't have money, it's like their world has come to an end. The day they have money, the day they, they, they you know, that 25th, 26th, I don't know when you collect salary, you know, when that thing goes, thinking, ah, ooh, their mood changes. That's why people like that cannot go on with God. Mama is their God. I, I, I grew up to ask the Lord when God blesses me. So what are we doing with this money? You think I don't know what to do with the money? No, no. I, and if God says, okay, you've got 3,000. I want you to go and save 1,000. That's what I'll do. That's what I'm going to do. No matter what you try to do, once I've heard from God, because that money has a, has a des- designed purpose. But when you live for yourself, that's why you run from paycheck to paycheck, from paycheck to paycheck. You never enter into destiny. The devil likes it so. And he knows that's the only way he can capture you so. Let's finish. And then hopefully we'll continue. So we don't say everything today, all right?
I think in fact, let me, let me conclude. I think I've said enough. Because it's almost one and a half hours. This is a good principle, friends. Well, if you're learning from what we are saying, why don't you just send me a message or, you know, just put a comment or send me, you know, a messenger, a man of God. That thing you said, that message, you know, that thing touched my life. It changed my life. It's given me clearer perspective, understanding. You know, it's good because, you know, we're not talking to trees or, you know, wood. We're talking to people. All right? I know one or two people do it. You know, they just like man of God wow what a word you know yes you say you don't say it but I'm still motivated but if you say it that would give me more motivation alright to do what we're doing you know I, I was asking myself today when the same message goes viral so what do you gain out of it when the message goes viral on in social media what, what does that do to you <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but anyhow We've, we've, we've been able to bring some perspective. We've been looking into the company, um, the Joseph's company, in the concept of occupying till Christ's return. Because at the end of the day, when they ask you to go and occupy certain space, all right, and you notice that now you are above the people who try to kill you, who try to block you, all right, but now you have been given a position, you know, and those people are under you. Are you gonna start killing them one by one? Are you st- are you gonna start jailing them one by one? <laughs> huh? So you guys were the one that you know tried to kill me. No, they didn't try to kill you because if they tried to kill you, you would have been dead. They tried, but God did not give them the power. So, you know, develop the grace to forgive. Oh, that one we're going to talk, talk about next time. The power to forgive people. It's a difficult thing. But it is a requirement to become a leader with the capacity to occupy. Or else you're going to live in bitterness, which will eat you up like a cancer. Father, we thank you. Honor and glory be unto you, Lamb of God. Thank you for the things that you've revealed to us once again. Wow. What a word. What a word. Wisdom once again has built a house. We celebrate your word. We celebrate your truth. Wisdom truly is building us. We are learning. We are growing. We are increasing. We are coming into the full reality of your prophetic demand for our life. We thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for strategic occupation. We will not be occupied, but we will continue to occupy till you come. You will continue to lead us to the place where we are able to see and understand how to live life in seasons like this without compromise for the glory of your name to the glory of your name we thank you I thank you Father thank you Father for my brethren out there every one of them thank you for your truth thank you for your goodness thank you for your grace in their life thank you Father for your mercy every day you are preparing 
increasing and realigning them to your will. I bless you, Lord, for every one of them. I pray, oh God, that they will not depart, they will not derail from this straight and narrow path. But I know, God, that as you perfect them, you will bring them into that same dimension that you brought Joseph into. He became, indeed, a leader, a prime minister of a foreign land. He taught the senators of Pharaoh, he taught them wisdom. Oh, Father, we thank you. You want us to reign and rule the earth. Yes, but you are leading us into principles that will allow us to become vessels worthy of this ministry. Lord, may we surrender to your dealings, to the training, to the purifying you know, uh, 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 instructions of your spirit. We thank you. We bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Looking at the Joseph's values and principle and how to speak at the gate. Friends, thank you so very much for being part of today's live broadcast. The Lord is worthy of praise. Amen. I will see you again, hopefully, tomorrow as the Lord will lead us. But please don't forget the things that we have touched on this morning and, of course, this afternoon. I pray this word will continue to establish you. May you and I continue to walk on the path that pleases the Lord. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.